Welcome everyone to another episode of the Parenting Unknown Podcast. My name is Matt Bronson. Hoping you're listening to this, you find yourself in a very good spot because right now the world's pretty crazy from the buildup to the elections in November. California's in California's pretty much on fire for the most part. We got heat waves going on. We have COVID still going up, but luckily in a lot of places the numbers are going down. So I mean, I gotta do is just do your part. Wear your mask, try to stay clean, stay healthy, and I don't know, keep moving forward. I mean, it's hard, but I mean, that's what we got to do, right? So I'm hoping you're not getting too much background noise. It is hot, and I do have every fan imaginable and every air conditioner on that we have. So hopefully the sound's not too bad, but I'm going to try to talk a little bit higher. This will hopefully drown it out. I know what you're thinking. You wish I had something to drown out my voice, but that's a different one. So the other day I was, the other day I was here with my wife, we were hanging out, and then our son all of a sudden starts crying. And for no particular reason, he was just standing there, started crying, and he goes to my wife, and he has his hand in his, he has his face in his hand, and he's just crying. And there was no reason, he wasn't fighting with his sister, he didn't fall, he was just crying. And so I got him, I asked him, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? Are you scared? And he said, yes, I'm scared. And But he didn't say of what. And for right now, my son's vocabulary is kind of limited. I mean, it is building, it is getting more. But, you know, for the most part, it's still in that kind of limited space. So he doesn't really fully express himself with his words. It's more more emotional. Which, I mean, it's completely fine. He's going on four we had a butter late we've had a but a bunch of late speakers in both of our families so i mean we're not really too worried about it we do see him progressing so you know that's it's good but i'm watching him with my wife and this kind of parent parental instinct kicks in where you want to take care of your kid you want nothing to happen to them much less you don't want them being scared for any kind of reason and as you know, he's laying down, my wife puts him to sleep, and they go check on him, you know, later at night. And I'm just looking at him, and I'm all, I'm just thinking to myself, like, you know, he's, at that particular moment, he's very, very, very vulnerable. What else could we have done as parents? What else could I have done as a father? When you look at the kids, you kind of put your own mortality in this kind of perspective. And it really hits you where you're not really here for too long in the grander scheme of life you're here for basically what's the what's the average age 78 years old for american males so you're basically here for hopefully 78 years i know we all hope to be here a little longer but just the average 78 70s and if you think about it, it's not very much of a long time so you got to soak up all this time that you can with your kids and try to teach them what you can so they can progress in life without you eventually it's sad but i mean that's part of life 
so thinking about that, I was thinking about myself and what kind of father would I would be, or what I would be. What kind of father do I want to be? And then I really started thinking, what's the ideal father? So I went online, researching about a bunch of stuff about being dads, and it's not just the dad where the dad wakes up. By the time the kids wake up, he's already gone. He's at work. Comes home late at night. And, I mean, the kids hardly see him. The wife sees him for a little bit, and that's it. The next day starts. But coming from a Mexican background, that is typically how the fathers and the families are. So you'll see them very less. And when you do see them, it's very short times during the days. Just Sorry, during the weeks. But on weekends, the more typically... I don't want to say all of them, but for the majority that I've seen through my own eyes, weekends are for drinking, partying, and it's like you're basically not home. Like You'll see your family for a little bit, half the day or, or whatnot, and then towards the afternoon, the nights, I mean, it's drinking, it's getting hungover. You, you're lucky if they go to church on Sundays, but it's usually just kind of recuperating, watching sports or whatever. There's different different viewpoints on that. So I was looking up a bunch of things and I was finding out that the ideal father is supposed to be someone who puts his family before work. They encourage their kids for the smallest reason and make their children happy. The father is someone that the family can always be always rely on. And when it comes to work and family, family should always come first. But as you know, in most cases, the work and the job is put first in order to provide the family. So even though a lot of the dads, yeah, they're hardworking, they're hardly there, you know, weekends and do their own thing, it's, it's usually for a reason. It's usually to better their family, whether they're here or whether they're, you know, back in some other country, you know, providing for them in some kind of way. And it's an all it's an all common story when it comes to uh, being in a Mexican American community. Now I know there's other cultures they do the same thing. They come here to America, they work, you know, they have they're living here, and then they send money back home because let's face it, sometimes in other countries the living situation is not ideal, and our money over there stretches a good amount in order to provide for medicine, clothing, food. And all of that, I mean, that's not a bad thing, right? So that's the experience of what I've seen others be in this father role. So I started seeing, I started thinking, well, I've seen others, what have I seen personally? And digging through my memory of family archives, it's, well, let's start off with my own father. And I don't want to sound like I'm nagging or being too harsh, but I'm just calling it the way I've seen it and I've experienced it. Now, my father was not there. Very immature, very childlike, a big mama's boy. And when he would pick me up, it was usually surrounded going to concerts, going with his friends to the park to drink, going places where he would leave me alone and ditch me. Or picking me up and basically dumping me off at my grandma's and my aunt's. And one of the last memories of my father was 
I mean, he's still alive. Not, I know it sounds like he died or something, but <laughs> one of the last memories of my father was when my aunt, one of my aunts recently passed away. It's not recently, it's about almost 10 years. Sounds about right. Well, it was about 10 years, and the whole thing involving her death was pretty messy. Um, so my family was in a big hissy fit because, A, they, well, their sister just died. And only a couple years after their mom just died, which would be my grandma. But the way my aunt died, they wanted to cover it up. They, they didn't want everyone knowing that my aunt died of an overdose. And up to a couple years ago, they kept it even from her own kids, which is really sad and messed up. And that's just my family. But I've separated myself from them. My cousins are a little following in line, not following my footsteps exactly, but they're taking their own paths. And unfortunately, they're separating themselves too. But so we're going through that. And my father sits next to me and my now wife. And, you know, I'm crying. I'm, I'm devastated because my, my Aunt Lizzie that passed away, she was one of my favorites. She was always full of life. She was always loving. And no matter what time I've seen her, she was... She was always just happy to see me and... Uh, <clears throat> one of the first things she would always ask me is, Hey, Mijo, hey, Mijo you want a beer? And coming from her, that's kind of like... You know, when you see somebody that you genuinely love and they love you, they give you a little hug. That was her little hug on top of her hug. So my aunt just passed away. She's lying there in the casket while everyone's, you know, getting their looks, their viewings, they're passing by, giving the condolences. And I mean, at that time, you know, it's usually customary for the family to be on one side while everyone passes, says their sorries. And, you know, that's how usually a viewing goes. But the way my family was acting, I just didn't want to be any part of it. And I wanted to mourn my own way. And all I can remember was just me. All I wanted to do was just stay there and look at my aunt for one last time. Because I know the next morning when we would bury her, then, you know, this night was going to be my last night to see her. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's what I was doing. So my father came up, sat down, and he was just putting his immaturity on another level, trying to joke around, trying to fucking pinch me and make these little, like, I don't know, whatever the hell you call it, but like I was a little kid, like it was something to make light of. And it pissed me off, and I, and I want no part of it. And my memory is kind of hazy at that point. But from what I can remember, I think I just got up. I don't remember if I said anything or not, but I got up and walked away and didn't really talk to him the rest of the night. Or I, I just, you know, didn't mind him. But that's just the way my father is, was. I mean, he every situation you're supposed to take seriously, he kids around and thinks it's a joke. Even at his own sister's funeral, him and his buddies were still outside in the parking lot drinking like it was some damn tail party for a game. So, you know, so how could it, how could I be a father with the experiences that I've seen and the experiences that have had affect me personally? And I started thinking like, well, should I do the opposite? Should I form my own path? 
and where they failed should I succeed? And the answer to all that is yes, yes, and yes. I'm glad I had such a shitty dad because I'm going to be twice the dad he ever was and be twice the loving dad he ever was to my own kids. And his mistakes in life, his failure as a father are going to be my kids. (laughs) How do I say this? It's going to be my kids' benefits because they're going to get the loving dad that they so rightfully deserve. They're going to get the love that they always should meant to be. And they know that they have two parents that are always going to do what's best for them no matter what. Whether it's, you know, sacrificing ourselves for them and so on and so on. So where my dad failed, I'm going to succeed. And it's it's a big, it's a big eye-opening moment I guess you have a knife and when you start to look at your failures or not necessarily your failures but the people that affect you in your life their failures or their shortcomings and how you can make that take advantage of that and make yourself better like not only that my failure my failing father but you know my grandma she died kind of very young like in her early 60s but she really didn't take care of herself. She died of diabetes. She had a stroke. She had kidney failure. And it wasn't something that just came all of a sudden. No, it was just years and years of, you know, not really taking care of yourself. And I remember, I think around my age, which, you know, be 30, 31, started, she started developing diabetes. And it was just the same thing. She still continued drinking, eating unhealthy. And, you know, I have kids now. That's not something I want to do in my life. I want to be there as long as I can. So, I mean, we're eating a little better. We're exercising. Taking our vitamins. Drinking pretty much nothing but water. So, I mean, it's not sad to say where my grandma had failed in certain aspects. You know, I'm seeing what she's done and I'm trying to make myself better. To use that as an example. Example, you know, to be better for my kids. And I'm pretty sure if she was here too, she would want me to be a better person than she was. And so forth and so forth. And that's the general output of a parent to kid. They always want their kids to be better than them. I want my son to be better than me in every kind of way he can. Same thing for my daughter. But it's not saying like, you know, I'm a bad person. It's just, you know, you want the best for them. And if you can see yourself as a good person and do the best things as you can, why not have your kids be better? Isn't that what we want? The best life for them? So where they failed, I've succeeded. And I mean, one of my small little petty victories that I've, I had in life, and I kind of celebrated with myself when it happened with Max. And right around I was, Max was about 12 months, or 12 months, a year. Uh, I mean, a year and a half. So that'll put him like around 16 months, right? So once he crossed that path, I got excited because I was here longer for my kid than my parents were for me. My mom went away from jail. I was maybe around a year and a half. Sounds about right. And then once that happened, my father was split. He was he was gone. It was like, I guess I was like a dog where you could just get a dog, think it's cute, take a couple pictures, give it a pet. And if you're a shitty person, you're just going to dump it off in the park and just go by your way. I guess that's kind of how my dad thinks, but...
So after thinking too about examples that I've seen of the fathers from outside, now what about my family internally? Well, as you know, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this before, and if I don't, I'm sorry, my memory gets hazy. I say things, and three, four weeks down the line, I might say them again, or I might catch myself saying it again. So again, please forgive me. But my grandma had 10 kids, and out of those 10 kids, about like every two kids had a different father. So growing up, it was just my grandma and her 10 kids. Grandma went to the bar selling selling beer or whatever. Well, she had 10 kids. The oldest kids were helping raise the younger ones and so on and so on. Now, I only have two kids. I could imagine what it is to have 10 kids going to school, different ages, different times. And I couldn't imagine my grandma doing that. But given said that, it seems that each each father that was in their lives was there for about a couple years, maybe three, four years, five years max, if anything. And then another man would come in their lives. So then the previous kids, the older kids, they would lose their dad. They would lose their dad. And the younger ones or the new person would come in, spawn these other kids, and so on and so on. So on and so on. Well, I can't talk today. So I could imagine this kind of hateful resentment towards the previous dad and towards the kids that are, you know, getting their new dad for a couple years. Even happened with my grandpa. Well, it happened to him, but he was part of this whole scheme. And apparently he had, <laughs> wow, so he had another family and my grandma was, a, you know, the side girl. And I, re- I recently, a couple years ago, got in contact with my uncle, which would be his his son. Which I had no contact with any of them whatsoever. Well, as you would imagine, because, well, they're the side family. You don't want your main family to know about them. It's kind of a secret, whatever. So I was talking to him. He said, yeah, he would always tell us that we had two sisters somewhere, but we didn't know where they were. And at first, they, they believed me. I kind of had some of the facts but some of it was a little bit too good to be true. It wasn't until I showed a picture of my grandpa and my, my grandma in their young bar haze day, whatever. Um, and yeah, sure enough, that was his dad. And so I gained the new side of the family. I still haven't met yet. And to be honest, I'm still a little... Like, it's happened, but I'm not ready for it yet. Like, it's too good to be true. I guess because at the prospect of having a different family and having these... Hopefully different people that are good. It's kind of a little scary, but that's for another story. But but I keep saying but. That's for another story. And as for my other family, I can only imagine the damage it's done to them growing up and how they've raised their parents. They've raised their parents. They've raised their kids. I mean, in my family, you have the two older girls who act like they're... I wouldn't say better than anybody, but when you think about it, they act the most normal. They're up front. They could be mean. They have this face to them where they look like they're just pissed at you, but they're really not. I guess I get that from them in a sense. 
But then you got uncles have uncles who have father problems. They have male problems because they're a bunch around a bunch of women. We have thieves in my family. We have junkies, ex-gang members, uh, ex-military, born-again Christians, um, shit, ex-felons, ex-convicts. Um, I mean, it just goes on. Like, I'm pretty sure just on my family, you know, my aunts and uncles on my mom's side, you could write a, a book about them. And unfortunately, I'll probably just drag on and drag on and drag on. So going through all that stuff, you can imagine how the impact that that has on them and how it, it, they raise their kids. I mean, as for my cousins, I mean, some of them are okay, but there are a lot of them. There's about three or four of them who just completely broken off of the, the family. They want to have nothing to do with them. They've seen them for who they are. And they just didn't want to have no part. I mean, as adults... You don't have to, and that's going to be another subject on another episode is about what is family, because I have this whole thing about family and just the stuff that I've been through, and I mean, I guess we're going to talk about that, but you know, that's the experiences I've had about seeing other people be a father, having my family and their fathers, and it's just thinking about it's like, what am I going to do? And this podcast is called Parenting Unknown for a reason because I'm literally being a parent without having these fine set of examples that I see a lot of other friends do. Even if they're a stepdad, they always have something nice to say. And I mean, I guess you don't know the full story. There's always the instance where everyone has their issues with their parents or their families. And, you know, just coming from my family, it feels like everyone has problems all the time. And when I see a family or meet somebody who their kids genuinely love them and want to be around them. It's kind of like weird because it's like, well, that's not how parents, well, that's not how families act just because of the way how bad my family acts sometimes. So in a, in a bad, good way, it's a little shocking. You know, you see kids you know, with their parents or the dad wanting to hug them, wanting to talk to them, be around them. It's like, well, that's not really how it goes, right? Aren't they supposed to be talking behind your back, not talking to you for like, you know, seven, eight years and then, when you die, they, they they gravel at the floor. Isn't that how it goes? No, I guess it's just my family. Sorry about that. You know, but that's that's what you think. That's what my family's instilled in me through all these years. And that's something I don't want to put for my kids. So it's my job right now, as a father, to steer my habits away from there. I think I've had at the I think I've had I think I have at this point. But, you know, the more and more you think about it, the more and more you can be hard on yourself a little bit just to be the best. This to be the best dad you can be. And that's what I want to be for Maximus and Mia. Just the best dad, the best loving father figure they could have in their lives. And, I mean, I'm not doing it all alone. I can't be a better father on my own. My wife's helping me be a better father and a better person and a better man and vice versa. I'm helping her be a better mom, person, a wife. I mean, we're in this together, and the ultimate goal for any parent should be is, you know, do the best for their kids. So I hope when you're hearing this, any dads hearing this out there, they kind of take a couple of minutes, take a couple of minutes to see where they're at and how, how good of a father they are or they want to be.
There's always room for improvement for ourselves personally. And I'm pretty sure our kids, they're not thinking about this. They're not seeing this to a certain extent. They just know that dad's there. I love him. I want to play with him. And no matter what, that's my daddy. So thanks again for listening for another week. I know these episodes are a little short, and I could have gone like another 25 minutes of just rambling on with this subject. But like I said before, I want to keep things kind of short. I don't want to bore you too long. I don't want to stray off for too long. And, you know, I really appreciate listening. I appreciate all the downloads. If you guys have any comments, commentary, my messages are always open and free. Like I said before, there's no judgment here on my end. So if you have any questions, concerns, commentary, anything like that, feel free to hit me up. Thanks again and bye.